Well, hello, this is Matt Manning, and today we are talking TV dads through the ages and your role as a dad on Pastors on Pop. Well, James, it's good to have you back again. Yes, you, you I came, made the cut. You, you made the cut. Last <laughs> time was great. Uh, you hit all of the markers, and <laughs> after we cast lots, your number came up, and so yeah, you get to you get to stay. And so, <laughs> so today we want to talk about TV dads. Yeah, uh, TV dads are pretty prominent, like throughout the ages, and depending on what era you grew up in. Uh, you have a picture of like TV dad in your mind. And so as you think about like all the TV dads uh, that you've seen throughout the years, like when you were a kid, who was who was TV dad from your childhood? Yeah. So f uh, for me growing up, it was Mike Brady. Mike Brady. Yeah. Just just. And uh, I mean, a house full of kids. We had five kids in our family okay. and they had six. So they they beat us there. But um, yeah, just just the the chaos of the home, and um, other than Alice, like we we didn't have a housekeeper, <laughs> right? But uh, for for us growing up, yeah. it, it it paralleled our family a fair bit, and I I really remember like enjoying that every like probably four or five episodes, what was going on is in Mike's world as a as a as an architect, yeah, like worked its way into the family story. Mm. So it's like dad wasn't just. Um, you know the uh, a playful funny guy yeah who was always around like mike actually had a life <laughs> yes, he so. yes he did now your family um since we're drawing comparisons to the brady bunch um did you guys start off every morning like on the stairs singing the family song <laughs> not, a <chance. laughs> not a chance not a chance <laughs> so, that's good well growing up for me like um i was born in 80 right yeah. so like 90s was i think when i awoke into life and uh, so the 90s dad that so relates to me is Tim the Toolman Taylor. And so I remember watching that show like religiously, you know, and the just the manliness of having a tool show. I mean, my dad was into tools and building things and naturally I was too. And so, yeah, the tooling things, the barking, you know, the uh, quick wittedness, the neighbor that only looked over over Wilson. the fence. Wilson, yep, yep. Which Wilson. my son is not named after him, by the way. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that all. And now, you know, having grown up, I feel like I'm a little bit like Tim the Toolman Taylor, right? <laughs> I, I still like to build things. I have a neighbor that sometimes peeks over the uh, the fence. His name's Jared, not Wilson. But uh, sometimes we say, Mr. Wilson, you know, over <laughs> yelling at him. And so, uh, yeah, that was like my TV, TV dad. Um, this whole subject came up for the podcast when we were when we were thinking and laughing uh, one day when we were talking about TV dads and this was just like a conversation that we were having that we thought man this would be really cool to have on a podcast um, but we were sitting around talking and you made some really uh, interesting observations about uh, TV dad and culture throughout the years and so I thought it would be just cool just to have a conversation about that and then eventually get to what does it look like for us to be dad yeah, no and, doubt. Not, and not maybe TV dad, but like real life dad. So yeah, maybe share a little bit of just like your thoughts as you look at the culture of TV dad through the years. Yeah. So, so uh, for me, the, 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 the oldest dad on television that, that I remember was Ward Cleaver. Like, oh, yeah. like we, we would watch the reruns and uh, so Wally Beaver, Eddie Haskell, Wally's buddy. Yeah. Um, and that, that that picture of the traditional nuclear family right like yeah. if, if if the boys were in trouble you had to wait till ward came home and dad took care of all those things yeah. so but 
uh, there was structure and there was all of that going on there. Um, and then kind of before my eyes, I started seeing like, you know, your, your Archie Bunker and all these guys. It was like, that guy's a jerk. Right. Right. And <laughs> yeah. So like, Probably. instead of a wealth of wisdom yeah. and, and love, whether it's soft love or hard love, yeah. you had this guy, it's like, I don't even think he likes anybody. Right. It was like, <laughs> kind of lives his own life. Yeah. Yeah. And then the emergence of all of the married with children, Homer Simpson, all of these, the Ray Romano, right? Of yeah. Like all of these dads that were, that were kind of the fool. Yeah, it's so interesting how culture tried started to change, right? From, from the first like memory of dad that you had, TV dad, to like all of a sudden by the '90s, dad is just this kind of this guy to make fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then Disney, uh, Disney dads where you know you had a hannah montana's dad who who kind of kept the house clean and but she made all the money and he he was just kind of a fixture and then dad just started disappearing yeah and yeah which which again put a part of it for me was was kind of wondering if uh, that was partially where our culture is at does it make sense yeah. to where uh, having a having a character that people can't relate to or is it uh, is it a picture of, of kind of restructuring the family? Yeah. So, uh, knowing like your love for culture and thinking deeply about cultural things, uh, when the dad kind of model started to shift in the nineties to like dad being the easy punchline, um, what do you think was like reflective of the nineties culture and of that TV dad? Uh, was I guess maybe the question is, was it reflecting culture or was it just the easy punchline of the story? And then maybe talk a little bit more about really like kind of as we in modern day, you know, like the everybody loves Raymond is or not Raymond, um, uh, the Raven show. Yeah. Um, I, there was a Raven show yeah. when I was a kid. Now there's a Raven show where Raven's grown up in this space. There's no dad like in the spaces, right? Um, my kids watch Camp Kikiwaka and <laughs> <laughs> Camp Kikiwaka, and uh, like there's no yeah. very ever very little presence of a dad. Like the moms show up when the dads do show up, they're kind of '90s dads uh, in that space. And so, what do you see ter in terms of like culture that that led us into that space? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it 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 probably started. I mean, it uh, started either with our culture kind of pushing against the the traditional mm. family structure. Yeah. But the the bigger reality is it was probably uh, descriptive mm. of culture. So your Ray Romano, your Homer Simpson, kind of the relatable for more people. Yeah. And but the, I um, my observation or my guess is that what was portrayed as descriptive became prescriptive. Mm. Does it make sense? Yeah. So all of a sudden, for a lot of guys, um, you know, where you 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 have a girlfriend or you got married and you have kids. But but I don't like culture's not actually calling me up into something. Does it make sense? Yeah. Because because what I mean the 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 humor of Homer Simpson became a script. Yeah. And for a lot of guys, it's like as long as I work at the power plant and stop at Moe's for a beer on the way home. Yeah. Like I fulfilled my duties. Yeah. And that's totally interesting that you say that. Cause before I was in the church world, I, I worked um, in a secular setting, and that was kind of, we worked in a warehouse, and typically a few of the guys would go out and they'd hit the bar, you know, for a drink or two on the way home before, you know, uh, the duties, and it was in that space. And what's so fascinating to me is anybody who's ever watched The Simpsons knows, like, the mocking that Homer 
goes through, particularly with Bart, right? Like the bar scenes where Homer's hanging out with his friends and Bart Simpson calls up and, you know, asks his IP, IP freely there, right? And all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And, and constantly, yeah, like this constantly kind of mocking of masculinity and fatherhood and that kind of stuff is just, it's so prevalent in my mind. Yeah. And it's, and it's equally interesting how, um, like I'm a, a big a Jason Bateman fan. Yeah. So like, like I, I've watched Arrested Development a couple of times. It's like, it's such a funny show. Yeah. But like, it's interesting, his character on Arrested Development and now his character on Ozark. Yeah. Um, and a friend pointed out, you realize it's the same character. Because yeah. <laughs> he plays the same character in every movie. He does, he yeah, does. yeah, it's Jason Bateman playing Jason Bateman. <laughs> yeah. But, but like on Arrested Development, I mean, his family is so dysfunctional. Yeah. But he's actually, he's actually trying to be a good dad mm. to to uh, George Michael, his son, yeah. through through all of the chaos. And in Ozark, I mean, he's he's laundering money for drug cartel, right. but he actually is trying to care for his family. Mm. I mean, top priority, keep them alive, right? It's right. a horrible story. Right, right, but, right. but in the center of it, you have a guy mm. and a father who's actually, he's stepping up to the plate. He's trying. Yeah. yeah. He's trying Hey, my name is Matt Manning, and I am the senior pastor here at Crossroads Church, and hopefully you are loving what you're listening to today. If you are, we would love for you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a comment. We read all of them. And if you like it, we'd love for you to share this with a friend. Every week, we get together as a church to celebrate what God is doing, and you can join us every Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 online or in-house. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, so when we think about you know the way that culture portrays um, specifically masculinity, and we did a whole sermon series on, on what does it look like to be a man in that space. Um, but a little deeper than that, not just a man, but fatherhood. Uh, one of the things that I find interesting when it comes to the faith is um, uh, Matt Chandler, who's a pastor down in Texas, he had this quote. He said that earthly fathers paint the picture for our kids of what heavenly father, our heavenly father is like. So earthly fathers paint the picture for our kids of what our heavenly father is like. Um, as you think about like that quote, have you ever felt that reality on your shoulders as a as a dad of two? Oh man, yeah. And I honestly wasn't really prepared for that reality as being being a dad. I mean, my my experience, like I I I love my wife, and I, I was pretty eager to try to have kids. Yeah, because right? <laughs> that it's pretty fun. Yes. Yeah. But but then when they're there, and when the, when they're they're little, like as a dad. I, I didn't really feel like I had a big role mm. until they could walk and until they could do certain things. Um, but but then all of a sudden, this this area of discipline and structure and uh, kind of moral shaping and some some of those things that that all of a sudden you had a crisis. Mm. Um, you know uh, whether it was a fight or a bully situation at school or you know, a bad attitude on, on the baseball diamond. And for me to actually kind of st step back and pray and just, or just ask myself like, okay, like, how do I handle this? Yeah. Like what, what words do I need to say? Or cause I, cause you know, it's a moment you, mm -hmm. and it's loaded and you don't want to screw it up, Yeah. but you feel utterly ill-equipped. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly as like two men of faith, right? Like in that space and and to realize like the reality of, of that quote, like I am painting a picture for my kids of their view, their understanding of their heavenly father, and that to know that they're like, like everything that I'm doing is 
is in that space for them is yeah. is painting is adding to that picture you know like a bob ross picture like you know <laughs> starts out as sticks and ends up as as something of beauty and i think that like you know the two things that i always talk about like the two biggest jumps in my life when it came to my faith is when first when i got married and all of a sudden all the marriage passages in the scriptures just opened up and i understood at another level i mean cognitively i knew before but now at an emotional level, what it was like for Hosea and Gomer, mm. right in that space, and for Hosea to continue to go and chase after Gomer, and then to have that related to um, my relationship with God, and and that the way that I love my bride is the same way that God loves me in this in this faithfulness, even when I'm unfaithful. And then the second time was when I had kids. And all of a sudden, to understand the Father's love and what that meant, and then to live in this ideal <laughs> that, that not only am I shaping my kids morally, right? I'm not only introducing them to faith, but I actually have a pretty prominent role in their life of how they view God. Like, those moments for me, like, those... I. I can still remember the weightiness of those moments, like holding Theo in my arms for the first time. And I'm just like looking at him, holding like a football and I'm just looking at him. And some of those thoughts are racing through my head of like, God, don't let me mess him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, for me, yeah. That, and that, 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 that pressure of, of wanting to represent God well, and also not wanting to wound my kids. I mean, like, I mean, in, in a recent years for, for my daughter to say, you're you're super happy and you're fun and you're playful but then like you and i i'm a big guy mm. and i can i can swell up and and kind of like put the put the period at the end of the sentence pretty quick yeah and for her to actually share how that was scary oh wow and it's just like well crap you know <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah. like and and it wasn't intentional yeah but it was but i i have to own it and i think and I think part of that for me is like a, in Second Corinthians four, where where uh, Paul's talking about the glory of God, and then he talks about us and our participation, and and he uh, says that 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 God took His glory and He put it in these these jars of clay, yeah, which are which are broken, they're 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 they leak, they're imperfect, yeah, and yet God's plan was to uh, to use us yes. in our brokenness. To reflect his glory because humans can relate to that and so that the, the the practical part of that for me is is like really learning when and how to just own it yeah you yeah. know when and as my kids get older and you know and us talking back about certain things and hearing hearing you know some things that i thought were funny in the moment and for my son or daughter to say yeah that was really hurtful it's like why didn't you say anything? Right. I thought I thought it was a funny family joke, yeah. and it was like, no, I always hated it. <laughs> and for me to like to wah, wah, wah. seriously, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, but but the ability for me to say, I am so sorry. Yeah. And uh, gosh, it's like I I failed you in that, and and really for me to learn how to model, mm -hmm. like like the the representing God is is a daunting and imperfect invitation yes right like yeah. i'm gonna screw that up god knew i would but i get to also model imperfection mm. in the pursuit yes absolutely and i think that's what's so huge right like like i imagine that most guys probably you know don't think in terms of this like well the way that i'm living my life out is actually a picture of um 
what our Heavenly Father is like for my kids in that space. And yet the reality is, is that so many people have dad issues because of this area, right? Like, like there's dad issues that then have God issues. And, and the way that we relate to God um, ultimately usually is the way that our Father related to us in this space. And, and yet the reality is, is like this, this huge thing that's been that's been put on us as men, as dads, is that we're the reflection of God's glory, that there's freedom in this because there's also God knew what he was doing by placing that glory in imperfection. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, as you think through your life, um, you said, you know, that you've uh, had to say sorry, you know, a lot in terms of your imperfection, but at like a practical level, is there like a story or like a moment in your life where it was like, um, I have to model my imperfection for my kids in this space um, uh, because God's glory is shining through me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so mine uh, mine was actually a public one. So I uh, coached, coached baseball for about a decade when, when yeah. my son was small. And, uh, you know, our, our farm baseball league, I mean, they're eight-year-olds, right? <laughs> right? So it's like, it's playful. And we had our rival team and it was like at three o'clock in the afternoon, like my chest would be in knots, like <laughs> anticipating <laughs> this game. And, and, and it was one of the, well, one that's of because you had dreams of being, you know, the coach of, <laughs> of the San Francisco giants. Like yeah. everything's hanging on this moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and the a classic situation where something happened, the other coach flipped out, I started yelling back. Yeah. Right. And, and you look around and the kids are standing on the baseball field watching adults yell yeah and i, I didn't start it but i participated mm. and uh, for me it was like dang man and so 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 on my drive home like i i was just praying like god okay like how do i unravel this yeah. and i ended up talking with my son about it and apologized to him i talked to my team and i i I sent an email to the other coach and asked him to forward it to all of his parents mm. uh, just for me publicly apologizing yeah. for my participation in that. Um, and, uh, you know, for for my my son to realize that we come here so you guys can throw the ball around and be kids. Yeah. And I violated that. Mm. So so the ability I mean, God, God uh, gave me grace. I was like, yeah, here's the three areas that you need to you need to go clean up. Yeah. And it's three separate apologies, but the cool part about it is that I think it earns it earns equity. Matter of fact, experientially for me is like yeah. when when you apologize, sometimes the effect is actually better than if you didn't screw up in the first place. Mm. Does it make yeah. sense? Because Absolutely. because people are like, wow, it's like nobody apologizes in our culture for things, yeah. and the fact that like a lot of people came up and said it wasn't even that big of a deal. Yeah, but the fact that it was the, a big enough deal for you to do that. Man, that says a lot about your faith and about your character. Mm. And it was like, so, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of times in life, particularly as dads, and maybe this is just part of human condition, um, but just speaking from the male perspective, like we are so driven to be right, you know? And um, and so if we're right, then we think that the whole world is is there and can see it and, you know, we'll be pointed in awe of how great we are or whatever it is, right? But we, we strive for being right all the time. And sometimes the greatest moments in our children's uh, lives are and in people's lives is when they're wrong and then they can admit they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, that verse that you quoted of God's glory being put in, in, in these clay jars is not so that the clay jars would get the glory, right? The brokenness 
um, shows the glory of God in that. And in our brokenness, when we can lean into the grace and to the love and the mercy of God, then there's this glory that shines through us that's not our own. People aren't looking at us and going, man, you're an amazing guy in that moment. It's, man, what's in your life that's different than mine? Yeah, yeah. And and then the the, the other application, I think, is, uh, like, my, my, my dad passed away in 99, and uh, probably the coolest thing, I mean, so his 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 rural parenting i mean he he moved the needle forward mm. of having a, a dad that was drunk all the time and absent yeah and for my dad it was like i will be i will provide and mm. i'll provide well and he and he did that but i thought the coolest thing was before he passed we we all went and visited him and we sat on his back deck and he just affirmed us mm. and he said like i'm so proud of the man that you are because of these things and tr- truthfully like I think one of my biggest regrets is we we don't make time for that. Mm-hmm. Like, w- I think a lot of parents feel that way. Yeah. But we don't verbalize it, and and it's it's in the verbalizing it. And as it relates back to God, it's like God wants His kids to know that they are loved. Oh man, does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, but but He needs a mouth to do it. Yeah. And that just like brings me to the to one of the verses that's constantly like in my mind, is also in 2 Corinthians, it's, it's chapter 3, where um, Paul says that you yourselves are a letter of recommendation written on our hearts, right, to be known and to be read by all. Like, like we are this, this love letter from God given to our kids, and it's like our ability and the um, excitement and the opportunity that we have to be like, this is what love looks like. This is how your father feels about you. This is the affirmation and the blessing. I mean, I look at the Old Testament and the blessing at the end of, of a man's life was like the thing that everybody longed for, like to hear my dad give me this blessing that I can pass on into the next generation. And it's like Paul says, man, you get that opportunity every day because God is so in love with you and so in love with your kids. How do you demonstrate that to your kids as you pour out this love letter onto them. And I just think, man, like, what an amazing opportunity. And that's where, like, the burden of reflecting God becomes this great joy for me. Oh, it's, yeah. And and there's there's so many people walking around in our world who are depressed, mm. who are being driven to suicide. Yeah. And because they don't think that they're valued, they don't feel that they're loved. And, and I think a big part of that is because people don't, own the opportunity yeah. to verbalize it. Absolutely. I mean, and and I mean, you, uh, you and I have officiated many funerals where it's like these people were loved. Mm-hmm. They were they were deeply loved. I mean, I talked to the families, right? Yeah. But it's the intentionality which I think is our our calling of of stepping into that. Like like, and you're you're uh, you're really good about structuring time to invest directly into your kids individually, you know, but, but it, it takes intentionality. It takes Absolutely. a plan because it won't just happen. Yeah. Yeah. Accidents. Yeah. Accidents aren't going to get us to the place that we want. Right. Intentionality does. Yeah. So, well, it's been a good conversation, James. Yes. Uh, hopefully it's been helpful for everybody listening and watching today. And uh, if you're interested more in what we have to say about parenting and what God's word has to say about parenting, James actually uh, interviewed our family director and you guys had a couple of podcasts, special podcasts done specifically for this series on parenting. Exactly. And uh, if you don't know Denise McAnally, she is a hoot. 
And so I can only imagine <laughs> that it was a that it was a fun time. But we're also doing a series uh, on parenting at Crossroads Church. You can visit the website and watch online, or you can join us in house. And every uh, Sunday at 8:30, 10, and 11:30. We hope you're having a great week. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.